Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 21 of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple podcast. I am your host, Ben Brown. Today, I catch up with my good buddy, Jay Campbell. Jay Campbell is the Amazon best-selling author of the definitive Testosterone Replacement Therapy Manual, How to Optimize Your Testosterone for Lifelong Health and Happiness, and also the founder of TRTRevolution.com and the TRT Revolution podcast. As if that's not enough, Jay, along with business partner Jim Brown, are the authors of the new book, which is called The Metabolic Blowtorch Diet, The Ultimate Guide for Optimizing Intermittent Fasting, Burn Fat, Preserve Muscle, Enhance Focus, and Transform Health. Jay and Jim, in partnership with visionary entrepreneur Joshua Smith, are also the co-owners of Optimized Life Nutrition, which produces the world's most powerful over-the-counter nootropic supplement, EMF, which stands for Energy Memory Focus. Uh, OLN offers a unique line of supplements essential for living a hormonally balanced and fully optimized life. In this episode, again, number 21 with Jay Campbell, we talk about testosterone therapy for men, what the main reasons are that men are suffering with low levels of testosterone and essentially becoming feminized. Additionally, what lifestyle and environmental factors are doing to contribute to both men and women's uh, levels of hormones, suppressing certain levels of hormones, uh, and what can be done about it from a testosterone standpoint. Additionally, we talk about Jay's new book, which is called The Metabolic Blowtorch Diet, and how he recommends utilizing different ways of intermittent fasting, which you likely have not read about before, and kind of crushes the conventional wisdom about what we know about convention uh, excuse me what we know about intermittent fasting to this day and how he puts a really interesting spin on utilizing intermittent fasting how to train uh, or how to alternate between days of eating and intermittent fasting and ultimately what that's going to do to optimize body composition but more importantly uh, improve health and longevity this was a really, really fun podcast for me. It's really good, again, catching up with my buddy Jay and seeing what he's doing in the industry. Assuming you guys love what we have going on here, then go ahead and subscribe. And if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe and write a five-star review for me. It really is the best way that... I can see that what we are providing is valuable information for you and the best way for us to ultimately make smart nutrition simple, which is our, our, our main goal. With that said, I'll take it over to Jay. I hope you guys enjoy and uh, I'll catch you on the other side. Jay Campbell, what's up my brother? How you doing? Benjamin, I am so, so excited to be here today, man. It's been a while since I had you on my podcast. And uh, you and I are both busy cats, but um, genuinely, genuinely um, excited and humbled to be here today. Yeah, it's good to connect again. And you're not kidding when you said you're busy. Like I was just reading through your bio and you have like eight different businesses and three different books and a supplement company. And it's, you've done a good job, man. Congratulations on all of your success thus, thus far. We'll, we'll get into your new book, which I, I just read through. I'm really excited to talk about and share with our listeners. Um, what... Uh, I, I want to jump in right away. I want to jump into TRT Revolution because that's kind of your that that's your first business, isn't it? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So 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 real quick, just to and by the way, thank you. I appreciate it. It's uh, every now and then it's difficult to get it together. I actually did a live Facebook broadcast with Nelson Virgil 
Uh, God, it's so fast. It's two weeks ago now, two weeks ago from Friday. And he's like, it's Jay Campbell. I was about to get my bio and I just went blank on the screen. I'm like, uh, I do a lot. I'm a gypsy. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I appreciate it. Um, so TRT Revolution is obviously the website that I launched um, 19 months ago now. And it was in, obviously, uh, response to the book, which is the TRT Manual, the Definitive Testosterone Therapy Replacement Manual, How to Optimize Your Testosterone for Lifelong Health and Happiness, which is right here, um, which launched formally in November of 2015. Um, and subsequently, it's become the number one selling book of all time on testosterone replacement therapy. It's got close to 400 five-star reviews on Amazon, you know, very received um, in the clinician, you know, slash clinical community, as well as you know, across the world on, on many, many different continents. So it's been amazing for me. I've been thoroughly blessed um, as that book has, you know, really opened a lot of doors for me. Um, and then, you know, seven months, eight months later, I launched TRT Revolution as a website. And from the website, uh, my business partners, Joshua Smith and Jim Brown and I formed TRT uh, Revolution um, Limited Liability Corporation, which is actually based out of where you're at in Phoenix. And we launched... Um, formally energy memory focus as a supplement line, which is part of optimized life nutrition um, in January of this year. So obviously, as you know, it takes a while to formulate stuff and to design and do all the R and D and all that stuff. So there's a lot of stuff going on in the background. Um, and then from there, as you said, it's been a crazy year. We just launched the uh, metabolic blowtorch diet book um, and two online products with it, which one of them is 90 days to optimize, which is kind of like Jim and I's, you know, 30 years of synthesized information on everything, you know, from a fitness standpoint, health, um, anti-aging, all of those things. And then we also have Jim's training program, which, you know, you've read about a little bit um, because it's in the metabolic blowtorch diet and that's called Forge Training. And that's kind of, you know, Jim being 30 years you know, almost um, uh, IFBB pro, I mean, very, very close, competing mm -hmm. at the highest levels, and then also consulting with a lot of those guys. And actually, many of those guys were kind of his, um, he trained them, you know, online for years. So it's, it's kind of his theory of training and his, his program, and it's a hypertrophy program, pure and simple. Um, and so, you know, with all those different things going on, as you said, it's, 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 uh, it's, um, we're blessed and, um, it's hard to keep up with, right. With all the marketing and the funnels and all these things, yeah. but, uh, but like I said, extremely excited to be, to, uh, to have it all going on right now. Amazing, man. That's great. Again, congrats. So let's take a step back and talk to me about the TRT manual. What prompted the development of that book? especially for someone that's not in the medical industry, but realizing there's a need for to start talking about testosterone. What was that journey about? It's a great question. Um, so I've, and I've said this on a lot of different podcasts, but because you and I are boys, I'm going to go a little deeper. So 29 years old, ex, you know, pro basketball player, had a little cup of coffee overseas, um, you know, played in college and everything. I, when I came back, I kept playing like an idiot and was playing really, really competitively. And I got kicked in the testicles at 29 playing and, you know, whatever, just got kicked in the nuts, kept going. And then like about a month later, I started having issues. So I went to the doctor and I was very lucky. And this guy, and again, this is back in literally 1999, right? I'm 46. So um, this guy referred me to an endocrinologist. He said, well, I want to run some tests because, you know, you're not even 30 years old and you're having these issues. So, again, it was very, very lucky, especially knowing what I know about the uh, practicing community when it comes to testosterone replacement therapy, which, by the way, I have now changed the acronym. It's now testosterone optimization therapy. And we'll get to that in a second. But 
So he sent me to an endocrinologist, and I was so lucky, Benjamin. I, the guy was uh, Harvard-educated, uh, Dr. Raymond Scruggs. He, was, he ran some tests on me. He's like, bro, you 237 or 247 you know, testosterone level, which is a testosterone level of a 90-plus-year-old man. I'm like, what? So at that point, I didn't know anything about any of this. Um, but he said, look, you know, I'm going to put you on low-dose testosterone replacement therapy. And um, you'll be fine. And so, you know, it was like, okay, well, this guy's a smart guy. I'll trust him. And, and I went down that path. And sure enough, you know, two months later, I was, everything was great. You know, I was, felt like I was 18, 19 years old. I had great energy again. I started playing really competitive basketball. Everything about my life improved. My, um, my business, I just, at the time when I was, when it, when it first happened, um, I was starting to break down a lot. You know, I had low back issues and stuff. I just, I wasn't the same guy. So, um, starting the uh, clinical testosterone, everything changed. And then being who I am, I'm very passionate, obviously, um, studious person. I wanted to learn more about it. And I did. And then subsequently, like over the, and, and I never went off. I stayed on. I was like, why would I want to come off of this? Um, and, and, and of course, always did this above board. This is no underground, you know, mm -hmm. using anabolic steroids or any of that nonsense. It's always been a clinical dosage. I always tell people I've never been over 150 milligrams of testosterone a week. Can, can um, I jump in? Can I jump yeah, in for a second? What, what was the, what was the perception of testosterone therapy at that time? Because so, this was what, like well, It's a good question. So I'm in Southern California and the clinic that Dr. Scruggs practiced out of was called New Hope Health. And he worked with a lot of men um, that were doing anti-aging, like wealthy men in Orange County. Um, and so to me, it wasn't like out of the unusual, you know, out of the ordinary. Now, obviously it was hard to get information. Okay. So outside of like speaking to him and, and him recommending select um, studies on Medline and PubMed for me to read, it wasn't as ubiquitous as it is today where anybody can go online and read about testosterone replacement therapy. So um, my, and this goes way back, but my first wife at the time who I was with, um, she didn't, you know, she questioned it initially and she's like, are you sure, you know, should we read more about this? And I'm like, well, you know, he's a Harvard educated physician. Uh, I don't think he would send me down the wrong path. And so, you know, I mean, I, it was kind of a leap of faith, I guess, a little bit when I first started, but you know, like I said, everything turned out so great for me and it improved my life so much that, you know, I never even questioned it. And then I just started reading it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to get back to your question, your original question is like, how did you write this book? I became so passionate. I became such an advocate. I started reaching out to people that were writing books about the subject. And, you know, Nelson Virgil was really one of the first people. And he, you know, he's very open about his story. He was, he, he started testosterone and other, um, you know, uh, medications like uh, growth hormone and decadorobalin and a couple other stuff to stay alive. He was literally given a death sentence. He had HIV. And, and at that time they had no cure, no medicines. There weren't antivirals. There weren't all these things that they have now. So him and another guy by the name of Dr. Michael Mooney uh, ventured off to start experimenting with these drugs. And so he wrote a book um, and now I forget the name of his book built for built to survive, built to survive. And, and he had a lot of like the, this is all the studies that have been done and, you know, Russian universities on testosterone and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, again, this is literally back in the early two thousands. So um, that was kind of the it, you know, I mean, obviously you could find studies on PubMed and, 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 um, and Medline, but there wasn't as much as there are now. And, and it was, you know, it still was kind of hard to find it, but um, I just became such a big student of it. Um, a lot of my friends, um, you know, in the quote unquote, and then later in my life when I was in my late thirties, so end of, end of 2000, I think I want to say like 2009 and 2010, um, I competed. So I got into not bodybuilding, but like the male physique, right? When sure. the physique thing 
started. So I had friends in that community, um, you know, that were, you know, playing around with probably anabolic steroids and using other stuff. And so whenever I would talk to people, I, you know, I would tell them stuff and they would be like, well, how do you know so much about this? And then, you know, my story would always come up and say, well, I know a lot about this from the clinical side of things. So then a lot of those guys just kind of encouraged me over time to write a book. And, and, you know, this story is very, very open um, on, on, on the internet because I've done so many podcasts about this. When I first decided to write the book, which was in 2013, um, I reached out to Rick. Um, and now I can't think of him. The guy that Rick Collins, excuse me, who's a very yeah, famous. Sure. Yeah, I've heard him speak multiple times. I sent him a copy of the book, the original manuscript, you know, the V1 of it. And he said, he wrote me back and he's like, this book is awesome, man. He's like, who are you? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, cause I had asked him in my email. I was like, if I was to publish this book, you know, could you, you know, for a fee or whatever, grant me like safe Harbor or, you know, indemnify me from any kind of potential mm. issues. He, you know, he actually picked up the phone and called me and he was like, Jay, listen, he's like, your book is awesome. But he's like, all it takes is one Senator. Okay. Or one, you know, publicly elected official to get a bug up his ass about you and then you're paying me probably two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you know, by by the end of it to keep you out of uh, federal penitentiary. So at that point, he scared the little sh- the shit out of me because I was like, "Well, dude, I just want to write a book about testosterone as a right. non-medical, you know, practitioner." And and you're telling me that if somebody gets a bug up their ass because I'm writing about this, I could go to jail. So I was like, "Done, book's done." <laughs> so so very luckily, very luckily, um, I'd also sent the book to Nelson. And he didn't respond back to me. Um, and he and I didn't know each other. I mean, we knew each other from like emails and stuff like that, but he didn't know me and I didn't know him. So when I sent him the book, he didn't respond right away. Um, and it's because he was actually in Venezuela and he was out of the country doing some volunteer work. And so it was like literally 45 days later, I get an email in the middle of the night from him. And he's like, we need to talk. I read your book. And so I did. And I told him, you know, what Rick Collins had told me. And he laughed at me. He said, Jay, he said, your book is so good. This book has to get out into the world. He's like, this needs to be in the hands of as many men as possible. He's like, this is amazing. And now, now remember, he had written, previous to mine, he had written the best book ever on it, right? His book, Testosterone, A Man's Guide, I think was published in 2011. And then he had another publishing, I think, at the end of 2012. But but my book is much more lay than his book was. Yeah, for sure. Um, because he's very, he's very technical. But anyway, so he said, you're putting this book out there. So then um, I was very thankful and relieved of it. And I said, okay, the book will go on. And so then we, you know, it, it still took another, from that point, it took another year of editing and going through stuff. And I actually was, was partnered with another person at one time that that, that completely unraveled. So that kind of set me back six months um, in the direction that we were going, but you know, long story short, the book published in November of 2015 and uh, the rest is, they say, is history. So what is it? Obviously you had identified a need and, and, you know, one thing is you had identified it out of your own, your own needs, right, right, to increase your testosterone levels because of your injury. But but obviously we've seen and obviously you identified the need for other men to have this type of information so that not so that they can self-diagnose, but so that they can understand that low right. testosterone is legitimate issue. Yes. I'm assuming that's something that you were observing and hearing from, you know, your peers uh, and, you know, part of the impetus to create that resource. Yeah. So, so it's a good question. So literally, you know, from, I'd say from mid 2013 um, up until the book was published, it became pretty clear, um, you know, from an environmental, like a socioeconomic environmental issue that, you know, high estrogen, the dad bod, you know, all that stuff started taking a role or playing a role kind of in the population. And it was clear 
from the research I was doing too, because I was obviously doing a lot of research and trying to comp, um, you know compilate studies and all that stuff as much as I could. Um, that there was there was a there was an estrogen uh, an emasculation or an estrogenation as I would call it um, of men, and it was clearly being brought on by um, you know all these endocrine disrupting chemicals and. Clearly, as I say now on every podcast I do, and it's going to be, you know, massively, massively researched and cited in the next book. And there's some, you know, there's some in the, in the current book about it, but not nearly as much as I had because most of the studies from them was, was in 2013 and 2014. Um, these endocrine disrupting chemicals, Ben, are just, they're, they're, they're screwing with everybody. And it's not just men. Um, it's also women too. I mean, you're, you're, it just, what's happening right now is we have a massive environmental, uh, it's a, I, I like to call it as a siege um, on human endocrine systems just from modern day living, you know, engineered food, um, birth control, which is now in the water supply. I mean, there's just so many chemicals from modern day living that has attacked and assaulted our endocrine systems that many, many men and women, of course, um, and women aren't even getting the diagnosis much about, you know, hormonal imbalances as men are, are suffering the effects. And as you know, the effects, the suffering of the effects are um, high estrogen body fat deposition, um, you know, a lack of uh, masculine qualities, uh, the way you carry yourself, the way you act, you know, suboptimal levels of testosterone create, you know, brain fog, they create indecisiveness. There's a lot of, lot of issues around this. So it, it started to obviously become much more clearer in those years of 2013, 2014, as I did the research and then also just looking around. And so, yeah, so talking to people in my peer groups and stuff like that, everybody started talking about this, you know, then the soy, you know, that became a big thing. You know, people are talking about soy and now it's kind of like a big name on, on Twitter and stuff like that, you know, even more recently, like in the last year, but yeah, it's, it's pretty difficult to escape the environmental assault because of modern day societal living. So is this something that, I mean, obviously you feel like men have to go to great lengths and women to avoid excessive exposure to these endocrine, to these hormone disruptors that are essentially uh, turning men into women and creating more problems with females and excessive female hormones. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I mean, look at it as, is essentially, you know, the only thing a guy can do today, if you're 30 um, or older, and even some guys unfortunately have to do this and be more proactive even younger, is to get their blood work done. Um, you know, and you don't have to necessarily go through a physician to do that. There's many, many private lab companies now in North America. I could name, you know, rattle off 10 of them, you know, right now. But um, if you don't need a prescription, you can go in, you can get um, a free testosterone, a total testosterone, and an E2, which is your estradiol mm -hmm. um, levels, you know, looked at. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, really hard unless you're in shape, unless you're living the lifestyle that you and I preach and espouse, which as you know, very few people in America are, I think the last, the recent data from last week I saw now is that 40% of people in the United States are obese, right? Yeah. So four out of four out of 10 people. So, you know, that's also an issue, um, that's tackled in the book in this next upcoming book is that, you know, is low testosterone, it's the chicken and egg question, you know, is low Absolutely. testosterone, yeah, or a symptom of obesity or insulin resistant or metabolic disorder. And obviously we argue in the book that it is. Um, however, a lot of people are so lazy and they won't do the other work necessary to drop the body fat, to live a cleaner life, to improve their health that, you know, a lot of physicians have just kind of adopted testosterone as a panacea. And we say in the book that unfortunately, if you, if you, if you go down that path and you, again, you don't mitigate your other lifestyle factors, testosterone won't do anything for you. 
Yeah, that, that's a really good point because I've had so many people that I've spoken with and consulted with that testosterone is a legitimate issue. But like you said, is it because of insulin resistance? Is it because of thyroid issues? Is it because of environmental toxicity? And should you go down that road, are you going to adopt the lifestyle factors and, and nutrition and, and fitness, you know, uh, parameters that you need to get things back in check? So for, you know, from what you've seen, Jay, I guess, you know, what do you, what have you found to be effective for men? So let's say it's a 30 something male that has been diagnosed with low testosterone levels. Now, assuming, let's say that they're exercising and they're somewhat diligent about their nutrition uh, and they undergo testosterone therapy, how, how, in how many cases or what percentage of this population have you seen the, the testosterone therapy to be beneficial? So it's another good question. So it's perfect actually, because I just put a study in the book two days ago um, that they're saying, and this is a global, there's two, but the one that that's relevant to your question is that they're saying now um, the top progressive physicians are basically assuming that 40%, of men who come to see them complaining um, of this issue. So not 40% of the population, but 40% of men who come in. And that's another issue too, because most men are untreated and, and don't seek treatment um, or don't seek the right type of treatment um, are suboptimal. So, you know, if it's a physician who knows what they're doing, and that's, that's kind of an issue too with um, sure. doctors that are prescribing um, testosterone optimization, they should, they should first look at, and you said it right, they should look at thyroid they should look at um, insulin resistance, body fat levels, because it's a lot easier to treat, you know, things that you can improve naturally um, as a frontline form of treatment versus, you know, prescribing somebody testosterone. Um, but then there are cases too, where there are guys like you and me um, who come in and are in great shape, you know, physically they have low body fat, they still train, but they have, they have like a poor, they have high sex hormone binding globulin, they have um, poor conversion of free testosterone um, to bioavailable testosterone. So there's other factors that sometimes need to be mitigated, but all of this stuff can really truly be alleviated if you work with a progressive doctor who has an experiential, you know, based practice of working with numerous men, prescribing them hormones, optimizing their thyroid, you know, suppressing their insulin signal through obviously nutrition and, and, and where necessary medications like metformin or whatever, um, but there's just not a lot of those, Ben. You know, that's the biggest issue. The biggest issue becomes is that the majority of providers, unfortunately, in North America are still in the sick care model, and they're not in the preventative treatment model. And so kind of like, you know, me and Jim and, you know, you obviously and, and Josh and people like us, I mean, we're trying to change the game, right? I mean, we teach people to, you know, modulate their lifestyle um, before seeking, you know, treatment for things that they met, might necessarily need. Because as I always say, testosterone, when you go down that path, this is a life long pursuit. You can't just stop and go back to natural. And a lot of guys, you know, question that. Um, they say, well, if I have to be on it for life, you know, that's a big decision. And, and, yeah. and it is, but it you is. know, my argument is always, my argument is always, well, look, if you are, you're 35 or 40. Okay. And you're already, you know, like this from a decline standpoint, when you complain about losing your natural production, you don't have any natural production. <laughs> it's only going to keep going down and down and down. So again, even if you mitigate all those lifestyle factors and you make all the right choices and you do all the right things, you still have to at least consider um, optimizing your hormones because you don't want to get on the low testosterone train, as I say, because that yeah. is 
very fast descent um, into increasing, you know, the potential, you know, as they say, all causes morbidity, which is death. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, Jay, you sum it up perfectly. And I think the best thing that, that guys can do is educate themselves. So make sure you go check out trtrevolution.com. I know you guys have a ton, a ton of great information on there. And, and obviously your, your book, the TRT manual, um, because yeah, it's like you said, I mean, so many, you know, nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, sleep issues. I mean, I recently had a guy who had terrible sleep apnea. And the second he got on a CPAP, uh, he just started shedding body fat and his testosterone levels, you know, started to, to go back up. So there's so many different reasons and it's, it's not necessarily, it, it, but it also, it doesn't have to be taboo no. to be using therapeutic no. dosages of testosterone, which is something that I believe is highly prevalent in yep. those that aren't educated enough. And so the best things that we can do is for those of you listening, go check out trtrevolution.com learn and and do your blood work and actually you know identify with what these parameters mean uh, you know you got to do your homework guys you got to learn you know what your body's telling you so that's good stuff yeah i appreciate that okay well we could talk all day on that but i really want to i really want to jump into your new book the metabolic blowtorch diet I, I got to say, Jay, I really enjoyed the book and I enjoyed it because for someone like me, so I have a, obviously a pretty, pretty good depth of understanding for nutrition, for fitness, for lifestyle. So I have all of these things that I'm, you know, me personally that I'm already implementing. But what I, what I thought was so um, relevant about the book was it gave me a system for how to put all of these things into place, right? I understand intermittent fasting. I understand, you know, the importance of supplementation, but more importantly, quality nutrition. Um, but, but it gave me the guide, right? It gave me the guide from a more advanced nutrition and fitness understanding to, and, and you know, nutritional timing standpoint to say, now you can take all of that stuff and here's how to plug it in to get the best possible results. Um, could you talk, about some of the main principles of the metabolic blowtorch diet? Sure, absolutely. So as you know, we hate people like us in our realm of the world. And by the way, thank you. Um, I'll just say it. You, know, you left an amazing review on Amazon, and that is you know, very well received. And again, coming from someone like you, it's, um, it's, I, almost, I almost said I had tears when I read that yesterday. So I truly appreciate it. It means a lot. It really does. Um, but I think, I think it's important for the listeners – um, who watch this, you know, obviously in the rerun and whatever. Um, it's, there's no such thing, and you know this, there's no such thing as a diet, right? Like everything is a lifestyle, okay? So, you know, we, 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 went, we went back and forth on the book if we were going to call it like the metabolic blowtorch lifestyle versus the metabolic blowtorch diet. Um, and, you know, we decided on diet because we felt that it would apply to more people because, as you know, there's so many people who are lifelong dieters and, you know, they'll see the book on Amazon and be like, oh, what's this? Um, but the truth is, is it really is it's a lifestyle. Um, and it's, a, it's embracing, you know, as you said, the intermittent fasting lifestyle. And as also a practitioner of the intermittent fasting world for literally close to eight years, I, you know, I go way back. Martin Burkans and I are not friends. He does not like me anymore since that book. Now is published. Um, but, but he knows me and I know him. And, and um, you know, I, I think that what he put out to this day, I still say, is that, you know, he was way ahead of his time and God bless him to put the book out that he put out. But 
as we've very accurately you know pointed out in the book, there was a lot of research out there where a lot of the intermittent fasting people are, are um, you know in our opinion erring in in error and there's nothing in error I mean you can obviously um, fast in the ways that they talk about it and train fast and do all these things, but for us, if the goal um, of as you age is to you know resist diseases of aging right and as you and I know the number one deterrent to resist disease is muscle, right? Because muscle is the most metabolically active tissue. It's the most insulin resistant. It's obviously the most resistant to injury, assuming it's pliable and that you warm it up and you stretch it and you do all these other great things that you should be doing. But um, we were looking at all the research and we were thinking like, well, you know, most of these people that, you know, have these great, you know, fasting books and, and uh, programs out there recommend that people train fasted. And we're like, well, that's not the optimal way to build muscle, especially as one ages. So, you know, we looked at a lot of the research, and as you know, you've read the book now, and there was so much research out there that showed that um, training fasted versus training not fasted um, was, you know, not really uh, conducive to building muscle. So, essentially, what we really did was, and then obviously, we also looked at the, um, you know, the biochemical cascade of like BDNF and, you know, Jarelin and, uh, and AMPK. And I don't want to get too esoteric, you know, for the listening audience, but, you know, all these chemicals that are um, being increased and, and secreted, you know, in the, uh, in the biochemical cascade when one fasts, we just kind of extrapolated that the longer the research is showing that the longer you can fast, the more body fat will come off and especially stubborn body fat. Now, again, not to get too esoteric, but, the research shows very, very conclusively that fasting hours or windows beyond 18 for men to, you know, 21, 22 hours is when you, two things happen. You get the most, um, you know, brain derived, neurotropic factor, excuse me. And, um, and then also um, you get fight or flight chemicals, um, which are, as you know, known as uh, catecholamines secreted. So the catecholamines are going to be increased and as, as a fight or flight response in the long hours of fasting. And guess what they do? They have this amazing ability to attack stubborn body fat because they're hitting the B2 and the A2 receptors, which are the stubborn body fat receptors. So in reading that research, you know, I, I was telling Jim when we were experimenting with this, and this is, by the way, we've had this diet in our little inner circle of clients and people we've consulted with for like five or six years, but it was more along the lines of Martin Bricans, you know, 16 hour fast, eight hour windows. So we started tweaking and playing around with this, like, you know, eight or nine months ago by extending the fast windows. And I swear to God, Ben, as you know, I don't know if you've played around with this yet or not, but everyone that has, the first thing they say is like, wow, I can't believe how much fat I'm losing in areas that I would always struggle to lose fat in. Like I'm dropping inches. And then they would tell us that they weren't losing weight. That they were, you know, their pants were fitting them different. They were feeling leaner, like, quote, unquote, less bloated, but they weren't dropping weight. So we're like, yeah, this is working. You know, you're losing fat and holding on to muscle. So, so again, the, the, the cheap difference of the diet is we recommend that people train on days they don't fast, and we recommend that they fast on days that they don't train. So essentially, again, it's like you're, and I hate using this word in diet terms, yo-yoing. But that's essentially what you're doing. So you're creating, you know, the medical, the metabolic processes of fasting, which is suppressing your insulin signal, increasing um, metabolic rate through all these um, fat burning uh, chemical increase um, secretions or, or uh, production. And then on the next day, you're eating more. So you're spiking your insulin a little bit more. You're increasing an uptick of metabolic rate and thyroid hormone and all those other things. So your body is like in this 
every other day cycle of, okay, insulin's down, more chemicals to burn stubborn body fat, and then the next day insulin's up, we have more calories, more food, more, more um, carbohydrates, so we got to upregulate our metabolism. So the body never gets like um, um, static, whereas in right. a lot of the research in intermittent fasting uh, programs where people fast every single day, over time, the reduction in calories shows a reduction in metabolic rate. And, you know, you kind of get into that, like, you, you, you have like a resistance, you have like a, a um, you know, a plateau where you can't overcome. So, so you know, that's, that's really kind of it. You know, there's, it's, there's no, there's no, I wish I could say that there's like a lot of metabolic magic going on, but there really isn't. It's just, a, it's just interpreting the research and recommending different things. That's all. Well, that was the cool part. And, you know, so, so just to clarify, so you've got basically someone would have three training days or four training days right. per week, depending, which is great for the busy person. Let's just say it's three training days. And on those training days, they're basically eating normally, right? Exactly. There's, there's no fasting. They're consuming a pretty legitimate amount of calories, for sure, for sure, um, a, a legitimate, a legitimate amount of protein, carbs and fats. And what I liked was how you outlined the carbohydrate needs based on their somatotype. And for those listening, it's basically our genetic predisposition to tolerate carbohydrates. So whether you're a skinny dude that has a really hard time putting on, you know, muscle mass, you'd be liberated to consume a a good amount of carbohydrate versus Mm -hmm. just a naturally, um, for lack of a better term, fatter guy who can't tolerate carbohydrate well. And you know what, sorry, but you need to keep the carbs a little bit lower, at least until you get leaner. And that was nice to see um, in a resource because there's not very many where I've seen that in there in reference to our carbohydrate intake. And I know from working with a lot of people that that's very, very relevant, uh, um, relevant to, um, to use as a guide. So, so then, so then within, so we have those training days and then in our non-training days again is I like that you're saying, look, let's use it, as, let's optimize sort of this fasting window. And so what is it? It's, it's between, for, so for guys, 16 to 20-ish hours yep. of fasting. Yep. And for women, and you know what, it's, it's great. And by the way, thank you for saying that. Um, it's true. Um, it's very unfortunate, right? People that, you know, there's so many cookie cutter, one size fits all type things that people try to apply. Like a lot of the people in the, if it fits your macros crowd, they try to do that. And mm-hmm. as you know, it never works because, you know, people that have really, really poor insulin sensitivity, you know, the normal uh, somatotype of someone who's endomorphic or, you know, kind of chunky fat, you know, pear shaped body, they can't eat that many carbohydrates. So if you tell them that they can, all you're going to, it's just, it's obviously, it's going to lead to, they're not going to get results, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, so it is unfortunate. And I, I liked how you said it. Hey, it's just, it's reality. You know, it's like, I always say with my, my brother, you know, I have obesity in my family. My mom's side of the family is, is, yeah, there's morbidly obese people. I have morbidly, morbidly obese people in my family. And one of my brothers would be, but he doesn't eat carbohydrates. He's a grazer. You know, he'll literally go to a family get together and take a bite of, you know, a giant like carbohydrate laden casserole and that's it. And then he just, you know, eats meat and green vegetables and that's how he lives. And he's now lean, you know, fat burning machine and he has the genetics to be a fat person. So everyone has to, it's always a choice as you know, but you have to be cognizant and conscious of how your body processes carbohydrates. But to your question on your fasting days, we always say start low, go slow or start slow, go low, but you have to figure out how long it's going to take you genetically to get fast adapted. And most people in my experience will be fast adapted within five days. Now, people that are morbidly obese 
who literally are like, you know, one foot in the grave from a metabolic disorder standpoint. They've never taken care of themselves. They've never eaten right. It may take them 10 days because normally what would be happening is they have a really infected gut biome. They've got candida. They, who knows what's growing in their stomach from all the crap that they fed themselves. So those people might take a little bit longer to become fast adapted. But all fast adapted means is your body can go extended periods without you jumping up and down saying, feed me, feed me, feed me. Yeah. I'm hungry. Oh, my God. I can't make it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it seems like it's a pretty good learned response in terms yes. of getting used to the fasting. And, you know, you, you had asked if I, if it's something that I've implemented and interestingly enough, prior to getting the book, it was something that I was already sort of intuitively doing right. based on my schedule in that uh, obviously I know the value of intermittent fasting and I wanted yes. to start to experiment. So for, for the last year or so I'd have days where I would do a 20 hour fast and then a couple other days where I would do somewhere around a 16 hour fast. And so awesome. it was cool to have that validated with that said. And, and so what I noticed was the more I did it, the easier it got to right. go longer. So I think it's important for people to understand like this is a learned response and yes. you have to, you have to if for one thing is people don't know how to identify hunger signals correctly and right. be comfortable with hunger as we start to right. freak out the second we start to get hungry. And so, you know, right. So, so it's like, okay, just so true. for, for some people it might, and, and again, this is a little bit more of an advanced resource, but right. it can have so much benefit to everyone. Yes. Um, so with that is just getting comfortable with being hungry for longer and longer periods of time. So I, I, I like how you said, start low, go slow. And just yeah. build I, up well, I, don't, I don't think I, I, this is just my personal opinion. I think, and this is what we say, and I'd actually, you know, we've gotten 10 reviews on Amazon from middle-aged obese women who, you know, have no fitness background whatsoever, barely weight trained, you know, totally deconditioned or unconditioned, and they've started the diet and they're blown away. So, you know, I want it to be known that, yes, it is an advanced resource because we're trying to cover all bases and angles. But the truth mm -hmm. is, is, you know this, anyone can pick that book up and kind of, you know, go to the section that applies them. We have tons of configurations for average people, women and men, you know, certain body fat levels, you know, certain goals. Here's the calculation. And then we also have, and I wanted to say this at the beginning of the show, and I apologize for anybody that watches your podcast. All you have to do is send me an email, j at trtrevolution.com. And I will send you guys a copy of uh, the Metabolic Blowtorch Diet, the PDF. And if you're somebody who wants a copy of the TRT manual, I'll be happy to send you that too. Um, but we also have a converter. I have a really awesome friend who wrote some software, um, a software patch for it. And this thing literally is the most amazing tool. It'll calculate your everything for you on your fasting day and your training day. So it'll save you a lot of math. Um, you know, if you really want to dial it in. So yeah, just send me an email for it. But, but anyone can do the diet. Um, I wanted to just make one point on what you said though. Um, it's funny cause we're so caught up in modern day living, but think about 60 years ago, right? There wasn't any instantaneous food. There wasn't any meal replacement powders or shakes or Costco premier proteins. There wasn't, there wasn't anything that people had that was like instantly available from a food consumption standpoint. So most people only ate two or three times. You might've eaten breakfast. Hopefully you ate like a mid afternoon meal and then you had dinner with the family, right? Cause we were in like an agrarian society, but there was no gratification food. Now we live in a world where everything can be at your fingertips. Right. And so we're trained, as you said, 
to just eat on command. As soon as you feel like, oh, I should eat something. And then, you know, this doesn't even get into the emotional aspects of totally. people. Um, we eat. And so it's like, and then there's also just the literature. You know, one of my good friends is always like, just think of the axiom food for thought. Right? I mean, food for thought. So it's like we, we've become so immersed and inculcated culturally to eat whenever it, you know, it seems right. And we're not really eating to fuel our body. So when you get into the fasting mode, as you said, it definitely is a learned response. It becomes easier and easier to not eat. I mean, I literally live this lifestyle now. Today's an eating day. I trained this morning. I did legs. Um, and so I'll eat today, but I went 22 hours yesterday. You know, I had one meal last night. Uh, it was turkey, salad, um, dressing, and then I had um, a large protein shake with probably 65 or 70 grams of protein and like four tablespoons of um, MCT oil. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I, I mean, I probably had 1,100 calories in a two-hour period yesterday. Um, and, but that's, you know, that's, that's normal for me on a fasting day. And I had very, very low carbs, you know, if anything, trace. So, you know, the, the, the beauty of the diet or, again, the lifestyle is, is it's very customizable to the individual person based on what their, you know, you know their, your unique wants and needs. And as you said, you know, three days a week is for maximum fat loss, four, you know, training, and then four days training is to preserve muscle. Or even if you're, you know, a, a, you know intermediate or lower level, you could probably build a little bit of muscle too. Yeah, I, I like it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start to play around with more. I am doing a... I'm doing a photo shoot for just some branding stuff coming up nice. in about a month. And so we'll see, um, you know, I, I, I need six to, pack abs dialed I, in. Come on, man. I, they're already pretty dialed, but, <laughs> but we could, we could tighten it up just a little bit. Sure. Of course. So, man, that's- okay, cool. So, you know, like we said is it gives you the opportunity to, well, it gives you the opportunity to create more, create more awareness but also structure around your daily and weekly eating, which also is going to obviously create a level of caloric restriction, which is what we know we need when we're trying to lose body fat. Absolutely. Um, and it does it, you know, it, it makes it somewhat easy to do because you have that structure. You have the intermittent fasting structure in place and you don't have to think about like, I'm going to eat five times, but I'm just going to have a little bit at each time. And then you're just thinking, holy shit, when's the next meal coming, you know, and it's almost agonizing. So I like that component. And then something I've been noticing is on the days when I go longer and you talk about the, the BDNF and I want you to go deeper into that and explain kind of what that comes from. But, you know, getting closer to the 18 and 20 hour ranges is I notice almost this um, lucidness, this brain, this cognitive, almost tunnel vision warmth where it's like, wow, I feel really focused. I feel like I can really kind of um, get a lot accomplished. And, and I didn't understand actually what that was coming from. I mean, I knew, you know, there's cognitive benefits to intermittent fasting, but then you highlighted the BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor in the book. Can you elaborate a little bit more on what that is, why it's important? Right. Yeah, no, so that's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. So I actually just did a fast, not this past weekend, but the last weekend of 63 hours. It's the longest fast of my life. Um, 
I wanted to, I've done, I've done, I've done one about, I previously I had done a 46 hour fast. So that was the most. So then, you know, I went from Friday, I think at 4 PM until Monday morning at like five o'clock. Cause I had to train on Monday morning. I wanted to get three hours worth of calories. And by the way, that was a mistake. That's a whole other conversation. For the, day. the body needs definitely, in my opinion, six hours of glycogen restoration or repletion to get a good solid training program. And again, another example of why training fast is just suboptimal, but to get to your question. So BDNF, again, brain derived neurotropic factor is this amazing um, biochemical cascade that goes on in the brain at select hours. And again, most of the research shows it's starting to happen or to peak at about 16 and a half hours and beyond. And then there's like another hit when you get to beyond 36 hours of fasting and a lot of people, this is where I'm going to go woo on you, um, a lot of people who are long-term heavy, heavy fasters, and obviously there's a lot of community, people in the community, um, in the spiritual community, they're fast. Now, I want to make this clear, fasting in the way you and I are talking about it is no calories, okay? You can drink water, caffeine, you know, black coffee, but zero calories. This is not juice fasting, you know, this is not lemon juice or blah, blah, blah. This is true, hard, no calories fasting, right? To create all these biochemical cascades. So the second hit of BDNF when it really gets hard is beyond 36 and 40 hours. And a lot of people, like I said, in the spiritual community, this is when they say that you're connected to God, God source or God flow or whatever it is, you know, the, the spiritual awakening. And now obviously you can go back in history and we write a little bit about this in the book. I think of one of the FAQ questions, very, very, a lot of spiritual leaders gurus have gone into the woods, into the forest, into, you know, remote areas and fasted for, you know, five or six days, seven days in a row. Okay. And again, this is for this connection to what you were talking about, like this lucid, amazing. So just real quick to go back to my 63 hour fast, <laughs> this is going to be really crazy. So um, I was working on the book again, this is not this past weekend, but the weekend before, and it was on a Sunday afternoon and I was about 46 or 47 hours. And um, I just all of a sudden had this like, I was overcome by this like feeling of like, I need to get up from my studio, which is what I'm in right now. and just get up and go out and walk around the block. And what I did, I just, I mean, I don't know how to say it, Benjamin. I mean, I'm not a woo woo guy. I mean, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a believer in, you know, bigger and better things. But um, I just, I had this energy about me that was so unbelievable. It was like literally like I was inspired, right? So I walked around the block and I came back to my office and I sat down and I started typing. And the only way that I can describe what I felt was the words and the, and the thoughts came to me without thinking. Mm -hmm. And I just started typing and I had a block. I was in a chapter of the book that I was really blocked. And dude, I, I wrote probably 10 paragraphs and I couldn't write two paragraphs for the previous three days. And it was like just insane. And I was just like, wow. You know, as I drove home, it was about nine o'clock at night. By the time I was done on Sunday night, you know, I texted my wife and I said, you got to fast, you got to do this. You got to fast, you know, 48 plus hours just to feel what it feels like. But, but yeah, there's some sort of biochemical things going on. You know, there's some spiritual people say that it also opens up the pineal gland, um, it's like a direct connect. But again, almost everybody I know, I also know some special forces guys. And um, I can't name names, but, you know, some of these guys when they're on missions are isolated and cut off and they're, you know, stationary and they go without food for 72 hours. You know, I mean, they're, you know, and, I, and one guy in very particular was actually a consult or consultant, Jim and I, amazing dude. 
And he told us stories about that when he was like at 60 plus hours, he felt like he was literally communicating with the animals, like in the leaves and in the areas where he was like isolated. Like he felt like they were talking to him. And he was like, you know, I'm not, he's like, I don't tell most people this. You know, I, don't, I wouldn't tell my family and stuff like this. He's like, but I'll tell yeah. you guys. And I'm telling you, dude, like I felt like when I was walking around the block that if like a bird wanted to land on my shoulder and talk to me, I probably could have spoke to him. I mean, it didn't happen. But I just felt so connected to like the planet and just everything around me was just different. Um, and it went away, you know, the next day I, I, when I ate, when I woke up in the morning and I refed myself, you know, I, those feelings went away. But again, I've, I've read about it and now I've spoken to people that have had similar experiences that there is something going on um, of a spiritual, you know, connection level um, or a soul, maybe a soul level. I don't know how to really, you know, quantify it, but it's amazing. And sure enough, it definitely is BDNF related without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, it, you know, there's so much that we just don't know. And the, know, the state of the industry, the state of like our nutrition, and we're, we're, we're just, just scratching the surface of what we know about human physiology and nutrition. And there's so much stuff out there that's like, that, that claims to be the end-all, be-all resource. And, and, you know, the fact of the matter, evidenced by your experiences is, is we just don't know very much at all no. about what is capable, you know, what the human body is capable of and, and what our body really needs and can utilize from a nutritional standpoint. And, and, and everyone's very different. And so I, I appreciate you sharing that because I, I think it's very valid and, you know, on a more uh, tangible level is, is for a lot of people, we lose touch with the cognitive aspects of our, of our nutrition and what we can accomplish. And, and so for me, the appreciation lies in going that, you know, 18 to 20 hours and, and, and feeling that lucidity uh, and kind of feeling like I can be hyperproductive um, during those periods of time, which is where people could really use that to their advantage. Um, you know, so that was enlightening for me and, and uh, yeah, Jay. So, you know, that, like, like we said, this, so the book is a great resource. Um, where can people find the metabolic blowtorch diet? So yeah, good question. Um, and let me add one thing too, for people on fasting, cause I get this a lot and it's perfect for your podcast. This like belief that you're going to lose muscle when you fast is yeah. complete nonsense. Okay. I obviously, I have studies in the book um, and I'm again happy to send these to anybody who disputes this. But if you're a bro, quote unquote guy, you know, have a great physique, you know, you're in the fitness industry, bodybuilding industry, whatever, fasting is not going to blow muscle off. In fact, the studies and the research that I looked at said that it takes 72 hours, 72 hours of zero calories before the body will start looking to muscle protein through gluconeogenesis. And then this study was actually of, of um, people that, um, I can't remember, they were severely malnourished. So they had like single, super low single digit body fats anyway. So like if you're somebody who's like, you know, 12 or 13 or 14% body fat, you think you're going to lose muscle when you fast, you're on crack. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm so happy you brought that up. And because I just, I just did a webinar the other day and I had a, um, a guy ask me about 
you know, the whole how to stay anabolic, anabolic right. in between meals and, right. sipping, and sipping on BCAs and the <laughs> difference between the BCAs and the essential amino acids and the sort of the conventional wisdom that right. as a bro, like we need to be sipping on BCAs all day long. So we right. don't all of a sudden start gobbling okay. up our muscle tissue. Right. So it's everyone just needs to settle down. Like right. it's going to be okay. We can go four to five hours plus obviously uh, yes. in between meals for one thing to say nothing of the immense benefits of going significantly longer. Right. But, you know, for me is I'm at the stage of my life, I'm 38 years old. I'm at the stage of my life now where I'm, 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 I'm bypassing that whole ego right. and I care much more now about longevity, about long-term health, about ensuring that, you know, I can maintain this quality of life and, mm-hmm. So what I'm seeing is from, from your resource, certainly, and from all the research that supports your resource, your resource is the tremendous genetic and cellular benefits yeah. of intermittent fasting and caloric restriction um, totally. and, and all of those things. And, and so I think there's a lot of people that are, are, you know, acknowledging that aspect of their life now, all of us, you know, dads and, 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 you know, if 30 something, 40 plus guys. And, and so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, you know, that's, um, that's where I'm at and what I'm trying to share with people. So I appreciate That's it. awesome, man. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just like you, dude. It's for me, it's all spiritual awareness. Now it's like walking the path. Me too. The ego is no longer, you know, what drives me is not money. What drives me is helping people, servicing other people, you know, I mean, doing this kind of stuff, you know, the grassroots, you know, coming on people like you, your podcast, talking about things, you know, that are a little esoteric as far as in the mainstream, but yeah, dude, I mean, the benefits of fasting, I mean, it's like what you were just saying. It's, it's really fasting is like, you know, speeding up, you know, the autophagic process. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally yeah. it's, you know, getting rid of the bad stuff in cells. I mean, there's so many benefits to fasting. It's neuroprotective. Obviously it's, you know, reducing inflammation. It's doing so many things, but yeah, from a, from a big picture standpoint, there's no reason for a guy or a girl to fear loss of muscle when they fast. It's complete nonsense. When I did the, by the way, when I did the 63 hour fast, you talk about shresh <laughs> Incredible. And yes, I lost some muscle glycogen. I was kind of flat, but it didn't take long for me to refill. I mean, my workout suffered on Monday because I just didn't eat a long, you know, I tried to give yeah. myself three hours and not six hours. I, I learned a lesson. Um, but yeah, there's, you're not going to lose muscle. There, you're, I mean, I lost maybe one pound the whole entire 63 hour fast. And that was more than anything. It was just, you know, glycogen. Cause I drank tan- yeah. tons of water. I mean, I was drinking a gallon and a half of water probably a day. Yeah. You know? So, so yeah, it's, it's just, it's a fallacy. It's the modern day societal. You got to eat every three hours, bro. You know, you yeah. got to have 200 grams of protein a day. I mean, it's all nonsense. It's all signed by the supplement companies and the food and nutrition companies to sell you more product. Simple. Yeah. So I would encourage people to step outside their comfort zone start to learn what's working for them and actually try to be intuitive about it Uh, and go to resources like trtrevolution.com. Check out Jay's new book, Metabolic Blowtorch Diet. Jay, uh, Amazon, best best place. To yeah. So, um, and then if they if you're in North America and you're watching this podcast, you can get the book for free. You just pay for shipping, and it's at metabolicblowtorchdiet.com. But yeah, the Kindle version and also the paperback version is also available on Amazon. 
Beautiful. And how about let's just go real quick on your EMF product. Sure. Um, so Energy Memory Focus is our first product from our supplement company, which is Optimized Life Nutrition. We've got two um, in the pipeline that will be coming soon. We're going to have a bar, and we're also going to have a squirt bottle of teacrine and some other stuff, which is going to be amazing. It's, we're going to probably call it fast juice. It's going to be something around the metabolic blowtorch diet uh, lifestyle. Um, but so, yeah, so Energy Memory Focus is probably, in my opinion, and I've used them all, and also, we've got some really high-level people in the supplement industry that it's now their nootropic of choice. It's probably one of the strongest over-the-counter um, nootropic supplements you can get. You have not tried it. I'm going to get you a bottle. It's coming after today. No, but I, I looked at the ingredients, and it has a really great ingredient. Yeah, there's, it's not a proprietary blend. It's 200 milligrams of teacrine, which is a heroic dose. I just had Sean Wells on my podcast, and we talked about teacrine at the highest levels, about how amazing it is. Three and um, eight, magnesium yeah. three and eight. Yep, it's got magnesium 3 and 8, which very few people even know what that stuff does, but that's proven to enhance cognition. It actually increases IQ up to six, seven points. So, And then you have, um, obviously, the old school stuff. Um, I can't even think of the two Bacopa. other. You have Bacopa. It's got Bacopa murins, yeah. and then it's also got the, um, what's the other, rhodiola. So all four of those synergistically give you a very clean, very enhanced, you know, focus. And then, as you know, Ben, as we talked about, um, you can take caffeine by itself, if you're a coffee drinker or if you're, you know, me, you know, one of those BO people, um, constantly throwing caffeine in your water, um, it, it, it's, it's synergistic. So you can take, you know, a moderate dose of, um, of EMF in the morning at, say, 6 a.m. when you wake up and then take a cup of coffee at 9 o'clock and you'll actually potentiate the supplement dosage a little bit and maybe give you another hour, 90 minutes. So it's, 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 definitely, it's definitely an amazing product for sure. Great. Great, Jay. I look forward to trying it out. Like I said, it looks like the ingredient uh, list is legit. And so I'm all about that, as you know. Um, Jay sure. Campbell, thank you, sir. It, it has been an absolute pleasure, you know, to have the opportunity to catch up with you again, this time being on, you know, on uh, the interviewer end of the podcast. And uh, gosh, dude, you're doing great things in the industry, which I so, so appreciate. You're smart. Smart cat and a hardworking dude, um, again, which I appreciate, and uh, just sharing the love. So thank you. Thank you, Ben, man. It's been an honor. And by the way, guys, if you want that supplement, it's optimizedlifenutrition.com. Just go right there, and we'll uh, ship it out to you. Perfect. And, of course, we'll have all of the links that we talked about to Jay's book, uh, both of his books, his website, his uh, supplement product that we just covered, um, the – the calorie calculator or the, uh, the macro kind of guide yep. that goes along with his metabolic blowtorch diet, all of those things in the show notes. Uh, and uh, until next time, brother, take care. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you having me on today. It's been an honor. Take care. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple podcast. If you did, then go ahead and like and subscribe below. And if you're listening on iTunes, then make sure you subscribe to our channel. And if you love the content that we're putting out there, then leave us a five-star review. It's really the best way that you can support us in our mission to get the best quality strength, nutrition, fitness, and supplement information out there so that we can help more people. We appreciate you. Please continue to listen. And again, like, subscribe, and share this with your friends. Thank you so much. We appreciate you and your time and catching on the other side. Bye.